0: Hi, and welcome back to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Way's Better.
1: And you may remember me as Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 88. Um, our sincerest apologies. It has been, what, 10 months, maybe? 9 to 10 months before between episodes?
0: Yeah, and we recorded that last episode, I think, much, <laughs> much <laughs> yeah. earlier than that.
1: Um, so, yeah, there is a big reason why um, we have had such a delay. Well, there's actually been a few reasons, but yeah. the main reason is young baby Miles Souza.
0: Yeah. I mean, we did mention that in the episode when we last recorded, but, uh, yeah, things have been, you know, pretty full on, <laughs> um, been sort of, you know, a very life-changing experience becoming a father. And I think t- for me, the last year was sort of a bit of a re-evaluation and a change of circumstance for sure yeah
1: Mm. yeah because obviously we both work full-time jobs and the uh the job of editing and doing all the technical stuff for the podcast lies on Donovan so working full-time and having a new kid kind of wasn't really conducive to having a podcast the way we used to have it so I think in the end we'll just like just wait until we have some really good content lined up um, yeah just so it's worth it And I think as well, you know,
0: as you you sort of touched on there, we didn't really have much to talk about Mm. because, you know, with the sort of COVID restrictions that were still in place when we last recorded, there wasn't really a lot that we could really do. Mm. So for that reason, it was, you know, it was both uh, practical to not record because of becoming a father, but also just just, there really was nothing to talk
1: about. Yeah. So at least now we've got... Our most dependable episode, which is the year in review, and then we've got a couple of episodes coming up on the South Coast track, and then I think we'll figure it out from there if we do a release every month, every couple of months, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coming back to the year in review, I had a listen to the last one we recorded, and wow, that was a different time. Like, the borders hadn't quite opened yet. mm and it was just this weird, like, there were, there were a couple of cases in the community and everyone was just kind of like, oh, what's going on? And now it's just like, no one really cares at all about COVID.
0: Uh, I care. <laughs> well, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. mean,
1: some people care, I do as well. Um, but yeah, the majority just seem to be like, it's over without mm. it actually being over.
0: Yeah, um, I guess for people who, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it, but my mum my has one lung. So for that reason, you know, I, I do care about it. And also having a kid who's not vaccinated because mm. they don't have vaccines. So they don't give vaccines to kids uh, unless you're severely immunocompromised. So, yeah, it does matter to me. And also, I just don't want my holidays to be stuffed up because of COVID, you know.
1: Oh, that's, We'll probably talk about this later. But, yeah, that's the big thing is around Christmas when there was like waves going around Australia. And no one on my flights was really masked that much. And I heard lots and lots of stories of people like, oh, I've got COVID, but I've booked this holiday, so I'm just going to fly anyway. Mm. And that, that was my big worry before like the border restrictions came down is that's what people's attitudes were going to be like. And in the end, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 2022, let's start from the beginning. I know you don't really have a lot to talk about, but we can talk about the shift in the long ways better and and how yeah, yeah a child has affected your life. Yeah, for sure. So how did your summer start? <laughs>
0: uh, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. We had a trip planned to do the three capes as well as Fresenay and Mariah Island. And this was sort of a our baby moon holiday and also to celebrate ten years being together. And just before we had to go, so literally three days before we had to cancel the trip uh, because of the, uh, the Omicron outbreak at the time. So that was really heartbreaking, especially because we'd already had our July Thorsban Trail trip canceled. Mm. Uh, so that was, you know, and, and the fact that I knew having a kid that this was the last opportunity for Alyssa and I to have a holiday together as just us so that really just upset me you know like i remember just like being in tears and Alyssa was in tears as well about it Mm because it's just so unlucky you know we had to like just stay indoors the whole time because it was a you know freaking ridiculously hot summer it was yeah i remember that
1: so yeah summer was was great (laughs) how about you mark um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same other than, like, not having a cancelled trip in that I didn't really do much over the summer. Because, mm. I mean, we've been blessed recently with, like, what, late 20s, mm. mid-20s weather with a nice cooling breeze every day. But last summer was, like, hectic. Like, yeah. heat waves into the 30s, like, mid-30s that would last for days. And I just remember there was just lots of them. Yeah. Um, whereas this summer, like... I think there's been a few nights where it's been sort of semi-uncomfortable, but most of the time I've still got, like, the quilt on the bed, which yeah. is unheard of for for summer. Yeah. Um, but for me, in terms of, like, getting out and doing stuff, it was mainly um, the early part of January because uh, the work forced us to have three weeks off. So I was like, well, what am I going to do that's, like, still good fun and I can use my leave appropriately? So I went to go see my family down in Bunbury for a few days, And thought, I'll get out and do some snorkeling along the the capes and in the southwest. Because if you're lucky enough to find in an op shop the guide to dives and snorkels that Calm did a while ago, I've got one of those. It's got all these cool spots around, like Bunker Bay, Shelley Cove is a place I went to. Um, Hamlin Bay they' like there's this rock about 500 meters offshore. It's really cool, so I was like, grab my brother-in-law I was like we're gonna do this and it was amazing like if you want to see the the rays of Hamlin Bay, like it's cool they come up to shore, but it's just fascinating seeing them out in the the deeper waters. Mm. Um, so yeah if you've got the ability I highly recommend mushroom rock out near Hamlin Bay um, and then there was just a big lull like I think I was just busy doing the Mundabiddy posts yeah and finishing up maybe some tassie posts as well so that kept me kind of busy and i think i just switched into cycling like summer cycling mode mm. as my main activity
0: i remember your tassie posts were like it was like a year later and i felt like you still had stuff that you were
1: up. i think the last four from like arthur river and the tarkeen yeah came in like march or april just because yeah. i'd like I wasn't like over them, but I was like, I kind of want to get stuck into that Mundabidi post <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, totally understand. Yeah. Um, so moving on to autumn, um, this brought a blessing into your life, kind of late autumnish, early winter.
0: Yeah, but uh, we, we did do some cycling. Oh, that's right. We did yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I got COVID just like a week before we had a trip planned so Mark and I had a plan to cycle from Donnybrook to Northcliffe and so we you know I was like oh no another holiday that's gonna get cancelled but luckily I um, recovered in time so we were able to still do the ride which was this was for me this is gonna be a test run for a Bitty end-to-end that I was going to do later in the year. That mm. didn't happen, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah.
1: That was, I remember that ride because um, Alyssa and Karis joined us as kind of like they would go off and do like fun stuff during the day while we're cycling and then we'd meet up at night and go for yeah. dinner and that was good fun because that was kind of what I envisioned the Mundabidi being like, like doing 80Ks in a day mm. and it like doing a, a lot more. But it was hard work trying to keep up with you because you were on your e bike. I was yeah. just on my like <laughs> normal mountain bike, even though I didn't have a lot of gear with me. Mm. It was still like there was this unrational hatred of Donovan as he, like, <laughs> I could hear the whir of the e bike as yeah. he was going up a hill. I was just like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of confirmed to me, like, just doing the Mundabidi to start with and it being a new experience. I was like, wow, I'm going to really like this trail. But going back, it didn't lose any of the magic. Mm. It was still yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. But yeah, I think, and we forgot to mention, the borders opened during this time. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. March, I think it was. It got delayed from Feb, I think, to March. Yeah. And then, yeah, it it, it opened. Lots of people got COVID and then kind of, yeah, the world was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, just I did a lot of, like, not nothing hikes, but a, like trying to find something to do in the heat. So I did a walk GPS walk out at Wonderbaneering which was okay, but it wasn't like the best time of year to do it. So it was just kind of more of an excuse to get out. And then after we did the um, Mundabidi, we did a three mountains walk out on Anzac Day, which kind of was okay, but it was a bit hot as well. But that was good training leading up to the Stirling Ridge walk. Mm. Um, which was something I've been wanting to do in 2022. And I kind of penciled in like, I'll do it later in the year. And then our friends, Bonnie and Lou were like, yeah, we're going to do it this weekend. I was like, cool. Can I join? Yeah. And I was like, yes, I'm finally going to do it. And it's actually the perfect time of year for it because normally the winds are a lot lower. The temperatures are a lot more stable mm. and it's easier to pick a window to do it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was amazing. Like, Just everything that I wanted out of it. The navigation wasn't too bad given the fires. Like it Mm. has cleared a lot of the area up there and there's now, in most places, just one walking pad, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. Did Bonnie having done it before also help in a sense? Or was that, you think it was not much difference to if you hadn't, if you all had never done it?
1: um in places yes it was very handy like um was on the south side of Pyongarot peak she's like i remember all this sword grass and you kind of want to stick as close as you can to the cliff face and we were wandering down and then all of a sudden she's like no we're like we need to be up there so i just cut a track through the sword grass straight up and we found it again but yeah i mean between the three of us we we found a way made decisions together like sometimes would be like i think it goes up here and we'd follow a dead track and you know it wasn't too bad yeah but yeah it's just stunning weather great photos and i think they're two of my or one of my longest posts ever i yeah. think because i combined the two days it is going to be the longest <laughs> post. <laughs> um and then after that just kind of like just nothing really like i was really unmotivated to do anything and like covid like coming in kind of didn't really want to make me go out too much I, can't remember why but i was just like in a bit of a doldrums and i really only did like the len howard trail down in Mandurah because we were going to see my sister the echidna trail i redid that that was quite fun and not as disappointing as i thought it would be after the fires had ripped through um so that was a fun day and then yeah like little walks like the north lake loop down near bibra lake yeah and like finishing off some of the shara Kalamunda walks like it's just a bit like Just kind of box ticking, really.
0: Yeah, the sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel
1: trails. Yeah. 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 And then in early June, a miles arrived.
0: Yeah. So June 8th, miles sort of, he came a a little bit early, still within what's considered full term. But we were like, you know, just suddenly (laughs) Alyssa woke me up really early in the morning. And today's the day. (laughs) So um, went to hospital and yeah, we couldn't have asked for a smoother uh, delivery mm. uh, so yeah that was that was great and then that was you know basically that's become my life now for the last eight months yeah yeah so have you found being a dad it's been good it's been difficult particularly I think early on you know like I, f- I remember <laughs> coming home and it, it, I felt sort of like it, it felt like it wasn't happening to me like it felt like an ex- external mm. thing um, but you know would not Traded for the world. It's been absolutely fantastic. uh, Even though you know sometimes the sleep can be not so great. I mean, I've um, when because I'm working, I'm not as involved in some of the nighttime stuff as Alyssa is, obviously. Mm. Um, So she's you know she's like much much more underslept than I am. But um, yeah, you know there were times where particularly early on, where I was doing sort of a late night shift of looking after miles and that was pretty uh pretty tough and i had like <laughs> so i had like tonsillitis not long after he was born as well so mm. i just never got better for like a month because i just you know wasn't sleeping but um yeah you know it's it's been great and you know we, we've been definitely getting miles lined up to be a little adventurer
1: so yeah yeah I- <laughs> Uh, just because you talk about it a lot and it's just like in 2035 we've got this planned and i'm just like (laughs) what if this kid doesn't like hiking (laughs) like he will will. but if he doesn't look if he doesn't of
0: course you know we won't we won't do it but i think he already enjoys the experience because we we have like a hiking pack that he sits in and he he loves it so I feel like we've we've fostered. Subconsciously,
1: he's going to be like connecting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, like so we've fostered a lot of things that will hopefully lead him into liking hiking, and he's going to see. You know, Dad goes off and does stuff all the time, Mm. and hopefully that that's enough motivation to be like, oh, that's that cool thing Dad does. Yeah. So we'll see.
1: And did you find that like new parent thing of like you're pregnant for quite a while? You have the baby. Well, you're not, but Alyssa was. But, like, you're expecting the baby. It happens. The baby arrives. And then, like, a few days later, you're sent home with this, like, fragile, tiny human. you're just like, oh, my God, I've got to look after this thing 24-7.
0: So we came back that night. We didn't stay in the hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it had gone so smoothly. And Alyssa and I were like, let's just go home, Mm. you know? Because otherwise, Alyssa would have been by herself. I would have had to come home. And we were like, oh, let's just go home. Mm. It had gone that smoothly that we were just like so in the morning you didn't have a baby and then the uh, at nighttime you yeah, came home with a baby yeah the only thing that wasn't smooth was they took a long time to let us out <laughs> so but otherwise you know everything went couldn't have gone better so
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool and this also kind of coincided with like you'd already made this decision earlier in the year that the blog format wasn't really what you wanted to do long term and then you like Let's change it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I think, basically, I think I had a view of what I wanted to do with the blog um, in sort of 2019. And I was going for, I guess, a very different approach, I think, to what the Life of Pi does. I was trying to look at what I wanted to do with it that was, I think, quite different to the Life of Pi's approach. Uh, And it was much more about sort of doing... The you know basically because my year is based around like multi day hikes that I do every like quarter or something like that mm. so it was kind of more less about the day walks and more about focusing on that sort of thing, which is more sort of the
1: the less less what, encyclopedic more yeah like you know because I, I think like you've,
0: you've sometimes gone to places and you've got like every single day walk that you could possibly <laughs> do and I and that's you know that's a really great approach but it wasn't what i wanted to do like i really wanted to just do like do the overland and and be like that's that's the thing that uh you know like when you're thinking about what you're going to do for your christmas holidays this is the thing or like it's the july school holidays let's go do the japula you know something like that was what mm. i was was trying to do and then when COVID hit that really prevented that from being a thing because WA is so limited when it comes to that kind of walk Mm -hmm. so I had this sort of like what am I going to do with with this because I didn't I felt like that that I lost sort of momentum with that and also um, there were a lot of other factors you know obviously having a kid was a a major factor in that because I found I was finding writing sometimes just to be really taxing and uh, you know, I f- I felt very often that you're just chasing your tail. And you would you would know this sometimes. Like when it's the season, you're like you're like oh it's springtime. I got to go do all these hikes, and then I have got to get these posts out because it's springtime still, so people will actually care. Whereas if I wait till December, no one's going to read this post. Mm. So it's just like this chasing your tail all the time, and I just was like I'm I'm done with it. You know, it's like really uh, it was just really difficult for me to continue that when I'm not enthused about it, and also, as a parent, I'd rather spend the time with the family. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, I wrote a really long post about it, which is on the blog for anyone who actually wants to read the sort of rationale, but I was going to do this Manda end-to-end and film it, because I felt that I'd already written it up and I felt this would have been a cool, different thing to do. And then that sort of... Uh, drove me going oh well i should probably maybe do some trial videos first so i did like mount cook and a few other hikes i did the first hike that we took miles out on which was um whistlepipe gully and i did these actually as a just so that i would get used to talking to the camera and doing stuff and i ended mm. up going well actually i quite like doing this and mm. i used to make films uh, you know i did a fine arts degree at uni and this was the sort of stuff that I, I did when i was there but then technology i felt just needed to catch up to what i wanted to do
1: You're the james cameron of uh, hiking, <laughs> vo- <laughs> hiking vlogging
0: yeah so i mean i felt uh, you know when i was at uni we were still you know hd just came out standard definition is what most people were working at mm-hmm. in uni uh you know gimbals and you know that sort of equipment just didn't exist so, yeah, certainly technology has improved a lot, so yeah, the long ways better has sort of will be transitioning in twenty twenty three to a youtube channel and will be more about this, you know i'm gonna kind of pursue what i I was looking at, which was more the multi days but then also the sort of top tier uh day walks in an area rather than than trying to go for the encyclopedia approach, which I think I, I found really difficult to keep up with that kind of, of pace of posting that would be needed to do that.
1: Mm. And yeah. also, like, there's only so much you can really probably say to a camera if you're doing, like, the Hill Street walk in bit Correct. Like, I'm here, there's some forest, I see some flowers, video over. Yeah.
0: You know, it's like well, we've talked about this. The na- You know, I always say, like, what's the narrative of this walk? And if the walk is like you are in forest, you're in more forest, and you end in more forest, mm. like so much you can really say, mm.
1: yeah, yeah, so that's cool. So this was sort of like a little bit of a surprise to me, because you were like, I forget why, but you'd post like Bonnie posted a photo. And it was someone using a drone. <laughs> and I really thought it was her new boyfriend because it was from behind. And I was like, oh, he really looks like Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> and then like he sent through, a, well, Bonnie was talking about the link you'd sent through of the finished video. And I was just like, whoa, "Whoa, what's going on here? And then I was like, Donovan's got himself a drone. He's got a, like his YouTube aspirations and he's made all these videos. I was like, oh, wow. That's cool.
0: <laughs> I, I did did mention to you that, because I did invite you to the Numbat Trail one, but I hadn't really said that I was going to do yeah, a series. Cause... It didn't
1: quite click that you were doing it to film. I just thought you were going out just to, to hike it. Yeah. Then...
0: I did say, it does if you do read it, it <laughs> did say that I was, but I didn't say I was going to do a series, mm. but it became that because I was like, well, you know, originally this was just a draft. This was just so that I can get used to editing and filming again so that the Mundabidi series could happen. But now the Mundabidi series is pushed back for like two
1: years. Yeah, so what are you doing with your Insta 360 <sighs> camera now?
0: I'm I'm a bit pissed off about that because I bought that camera specifically to shoot the Mundabidi. Mm. But if anything, that technology is going to get better by the time I film and we'll have to replace it. And I have this 360 camera that is going to be obsolete by the time I actually use it. Because I don't
1: really use it that often hiking you could convert it into a few new records for your collection <laughs> while well, it could. still has some value that's know? true so while you were doing all these hikes that will be released in 2023 is it april that you're going to start releasing the Perth day walks
0: that's right so birthday walks comes out in april and then june will be the great southern series and the good thing about this was i felt um, and as you've sort of been starting to do as well is sort of refresh some of the older posts was I felt that I was at that stage with some of these walks and therefore this has kind of been nice because I have get to experience these again like they're new mm. which is something that I have not had in Western Australia for a long
1: time <laughs> yeah and also like different weather like different times of years as well that's what I found like early days I started doing walks like not in the ideal season yeah. Like going back when there's the wildflowers around and like water in certain creeks and everything, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so how about yourself, Mark? Um, just a lot of like little walks leading up to a Northern Territory trip. So, I did the Jaredale Railway Heritage Trail. Speaking of the redoing trails, <laughs> um, I'd done that a couple of times, but I'd never actually done the loop section that comes off the railway. And I found that actually to be quite fascinating. Like there's a really good stand of Wandu and then Jarrah and Mary leading up this hill. And then you follow like a little creek and then make your way back to the the railway line. I think that actually makes it quite a a more enjoyable walk Mm. rather than just following the railway line, which can get a bit repetitive and it goes near private property and everything. So that was a cool day. And then um did a little wander from ship road i was like i'm just gonna go wander on the bib so i did that towards mount daring weir and then came back visited michelle at a cafe um out at the the camel farm and then did an overnighter mount dale to wallach and back Um, and that was around the time of the tongan volcanic eruption so like middle of winter and normally you'd expect by like 6, 6.30, the sun to be down, it to be dark. But there was this like bright pink glow for like an hour. I was just like, that's pretty special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, little walks like Island Pool out near um, Dwelling Up. Uh, the Lion's Lookout, I redid again. And then, yeah, off to the Northern Territory for our kind of yearly escape the the winter trip with Karis' grandmother. Mm. Which, it was a nice trip, but unfortunately, Uncle Hal had some, some issues. He needed to go get tests on um, back in Melbourne. So he flew in and then immediately flew out before we arrived. So that was kind of a bummer. Mm. Um, but he was all right in the end. Um, but yeah, was just kind of exploring Darwin a little bit. Um, we stopped in at Litchfield on the way down. And then the, the main, like, crux of the trip was Catherine and Nitmaluk, mm. um, which is a really, really pretty area. Um, so I'd, yeah, as you said, I'd like to get all the trails in. So I think I did pretty <laughs> much every trail you can. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. Just don't go on all trails because I noticed a lot of them were like because there's mountain bike trails all through Nibbluck. A lot of them like go the wrong way up a one way mountain bike trail. Oh. I'm just like, there's no way you can like report them or delete them. It's just yeah. That's why I really don't like all trails. Um, yeah. and then yeah, heading down to Mataranka to see like the hot springs and the various walk trails down there was pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Your photos from Nitmiluk makes me really want to, you know, I saw that I was like, Oh, I want to go and do the Jabula as soon as I can, because that, those photos were spectacular.
1: Yeah. As soon as we like, it was decided we were going to Catherine, which was quite, I think it was like March or April. I was like, I want to do the Jack Baller, And I was doing my research and I was like, why can't I book this? And I was like, oh, because the, the bookings opened November the previous year and yeah. they're all taken within two hours. That's right,
0: yeah. Yeah, I've had a look into it and, yeah, it's it's, I think, even worse than the overland because the overland season is much longer mm. whereas this is like such a short season and you can't walk out of season whereas yeah. overland you're like ah you know if you're skilled you can go in july
1: so and it's like someone was like "Why you to wait for cancellations I'm, like, I'm not dragging my entire hiking setup <laughs> over there waiting for a cancellation yeah. and then having to like proportion five or six days to do the jack baller like yeah yeah it's a cool area, and there's actually within Nipmuluk, um, on the that's the southern side. Is there's actually overnight trails you can do. Mm. So like, some of the trails are like you know forty kilometers out to a campsite and back, and there's you know water along the trails. It's really well set up trail network. Yeah, which visiting at peak time wasn't that busy, which I found a bit weird. Like mm. they'd invested all this money, but like I didn't see a mountain biker out there. Mm. The campsites were all full because, you know, grey nomads and families and everything. But, yeah, there's just just such a cool trail network out there. But it's just no one really hikes it or rides it, which is a bit sad. Yeah. And then while this was all going on, uh, I received an email from a local WA travel blog um, saying, I've got this opportunity to write a guidebook of the Southwest. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, good luck with your project. And then she emailed a few weeks later being like, it's too much work for me. I'm going to recommend you if that's all right. I was just like secretly hoping like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, Nina. Um, And yeah, I've written a guidebook on walks of the Southwest WA.
0: Yeah, which I'm pretty excited to to get my hands on. I actually have, from the same publisher, I've got their... two of their books actually i realized yeah so i can add it to the collection and get an autographed copy from mr mark pybus yes
1: um that will cost you extra but i can do <laughs> that but yeah when they contact can i just
0: buy it and then go here's a marker
1: i <laughs> 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 uh, will sign it for free for you um, but yeah i didn't realize i had a couple of books as well i had their purse walks book and i've also got one of the wildflower guides that they publish as well to for wa cool so i was like like legit publisher, yeah. Really cool idea, and there's really no guidebooks on Southwest WA walks yeah. that aren't like thirty, forty year old Calm books.
0: Yeah, there's the the last I think one that Calm did was the, um, like is the series that was from the family walks of the Perth Outdoors that mm. they did a Southwest one that was I think last published in two thousand and two. Mm. So they've obviously just gone we're not going to publish books anymore.
1: Yeah. So I think I've got the market covered, but again, like, is there going to be a demand for that? We'll see. Hmm. Um, But yeah, coming out in June 2023, I actually finished off this morning trying to, um, like, go over the maps with the cartographer. And unfortunately, the Pemberton Tramway company recently shut down. So I was, like, quickly scrambling to try and edit the text around that because the Cascades walk... Um, references that as an option to like go back to town or go in so yeah all these little things and yeah it's just a lot of fun and so that kind of pivoted my springtime to oh no I've got to both a write this and b go down and do a whole load of new trails um refresh my memory on trails I hadn't done in a while because like, I have to be really precise with the the directions I can't just waffle on like yeah it on the website And also like getting used to the writing style as well was was quite a challenge. I
0: was just going to ask you that because I guess you're, when you write the blog, it's much more of a personal journey that you're kind of writing about, you know, how did you find the process of writing? What's probably a bit more clinical and, uh, you know, just descriptive of like, turn here, turn right here. This is the thing. How did you find that process?
1: It was a challenge at start. So I did a test trail. To like prove to the publisher like I'm um, not not some hack that can't do this, and I did the Big Brook um, loop in Pemberton, and mm. I think I had like thirteen waypoints, and I was doing like every single intersection, I was putting a waypoint, and he came back and he's just like, look, there's probably you can tone it down a little bit, <laughs> like, and like as I was going on, like it was just it became a bit more natural. Um, the good thing about most WA trails is if you get to an intersection, there's going to be a trail marker, whereas like over East, I think, especially in Victoria, I found it's you're hiking intersection to intersection, but there's lots of little ways you can go along there. Yeah. Um, whereas WA, you've got trail markers pretty much everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of editing it down, making sure it all read properly, The editor's done a great job at kind of smoothing it over, so it reads like a guidebook. Yeah. Um, Because when he gave me the the edited copy, I was just like, "Wow, this like makes me, you know, a proper (laughs) guidebook (laughs) author." Yeah. And I'm hoping what will differentiate me with some of the other older ones is just the photos. Like, Mm. I think I submitted like 900 photos um, for them to choose from, Um, and I think the quality. Will be quite high in that department yeah awesome no it's really exciting i know um so yeah i've got to set up the this online store on the website because like uh, the royalties the way it work is it's like really financially beneficial for me if you buy through the website so i'm going to be trying to do it through there as much as i can um, but obviously it'll be probably in most like visitor centers and bookshops throughout the southwest So that's probably, I'm probably capturing that market of like casual tourists who isn't probably going to be Googling and then finding my website. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of the trails are already on the website. There's a lot more detail, but I think like, I like having guidebooks when I go places, even though I'm one of those people that like researches heavily beforehand and I know Mm -hmm. what I'm getting. I just like having the physical copies there. I can flip through them and. Take yeah. them out on hikes as well. No, absolutely. I feel uh, like, for example, I've
0: bought the book for the Red Center, even though most of the information is already mm. online. But there's just an extra level of detail of having the book. And I also just like having the memento of, like, this is a book of the trip that I did and I can yeah. flick back to it. And
1: yeah. Yeah. But even when we went to, to Tassie at the end of the year, I think I bought like two or three more books. of, like, walks in the area, so I was like, this is just future trips. I can, you know, use this as a base to plan. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that took up my spring, so I did, like, many, many trips out to different areas to take in the trails, but the big one was a four-day 17 or 18 trail, like, long, long weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, because you'd fallen sick, didn't you, and then you had to reschedule it?
1: Yeah, so I got COVID like a week beforehand or like a few days before i was meant to go so i had to like reschedule it and it was meant to be i think five or six days but i had to you know get it down um just to give myself time to recover Mm. and it was a weird thing of like you're in the forest and i lost my sense of smell and taste and it was wet and i was like i know what this should smell like (laughs) and the experience wasn't there yeah i was like i don't like like I don't want to get COVID all the time. I hate how people are so blase about it. Like, yeah. I don't want this experience all the time. Um, but yeah, so that was it, kind of put a bit of a black mark to trying to enjoy the trip. Because, mm. like, most of the time I was on trail thinking about I've got four more trails to do today so I can't stuff around. I've got to get lunch. I've got to, like, some days I was driving from, like, Dunsborough to Pemberton or, <laughs> yeah. like, Pemberton to Augusta and then up to Yelling up. And then I was like, this is a lot of driving, a lot of trails. Um, yeah. But now that I'm processing all of it for the blog, I'm like, yeah, that was that was good fun. Yeah.
0: It was kind of, like, peak Mark Pybus of, like, how many more walks can I fit into a weekend? I know yeah. it was almost sort of beyond... What you would normally do. With it was.
1: Um, and it was a bit sad in the end as well, because a lot of it was ticking off the last walks to do. Because mm. after this there's really, there's not much in the Southwest that I haven't done. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bit sad on that, that point of just like, not got much to do. Yeah. Yeah. for <laughs> sure. It's not like they're building more trails anyway. No,
0: exactly. I mean, with I, when when we, when will we see, like, an epic multi-day hike in the southwest that's of, like, national quality?
1: I mm. don't see it happening. Probably not. Um, so how did your spring go? So spring
0: was... Uh, I finished off the uh, Perth series. So we did a few walks sort of lead in through spring. Because I, I tried to use winter for that. And then we did. A, I did a, a trip down south. So originally, I'd booked this week to do the Biddy. Mm. and Alyssa said, "Look, I don't think I can run support the way that you want me to run support." And, mm. I, and I said, "Yeah, fair enough. You know, like mm. I understand that we were probably being really ambitious and optimistic to say that she could do that." Yep. So I went. Well, I've got this week, and originally, one of the things that I'm trying to do with the Long Ways Better on YouTube is to not max out my Western Australia trips the way that I did with the blog. Because mm. I, you know, I hammered it really hard early on to the point where when COVID happened, I was like, there's nothing for me to do. Yeah. Kind of like what you're saying about, you know, you reach the end and there's like nothing left to do. Mm. And the good thing about the, the series on YouTube is that I can redo things because it feels like it's a new thing. But I don't want to then do like, you know, four series of Western Australia stuff a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, my my ambition would be that there's, uh, you know, WA will be the most covered just because I live here, but it will be less than fifty percent of the videos will be from there. But um, I did a a southwest trip, so so I got um early access to Bald Head, which was really cool. You know, I, I love what they've done. I think some people think they've done too much, but given the erosion and how like you know i remember i did that trail first in 2015 or 16 and over the years i've seen it get more and more eroded
1: yeah i think less so on like the bit that everyone talks about where it's just a giant tunnel mm. i think more so like the first bit as you're climbing up the, the limestone, it's just like yeah. a channel and then you can see people going off trail to widen it. I that's think right. That's probably more what they needed to focus on and what they have.
0: Yeah. So I think what they've done, you know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, they've over this, but it's because of the amount of people who are doing it. Like if mm. if it's a trail where, you know, 10 people a year are going to do it, then you can, well, probably you wouldn't build it if it's 10 people. Yeah. But but if it's, you know, like something like uh, Mount Trio doesn't need to have the same level of infrastructure build as Bluff Knoll. Yeah. If you built Mount, you know, built it to Mount Trio standard, Bluff Knoll would just be an eroded mess within like a year. Mm-hmm. So what they've done there is really fantastic. So that, and that was, you know, really cool being able to see it. Like, I've got footage of them still constructing the steps, which I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting. Um, I mean, and that trip was mostly just doing old favorites again, but I did do one that I've never done before, which was going from Little Mount Lindsay to Mount Lindsay. Yes. And that was fantastic i i was very skeptical of it because you showed me like the 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 trail was all like a vehicle track like you showed me the satellite footage
1: yeah but i knew because you can see the granite boulders like dotted out. like it's not going to be uninteresting
0: yeah so it's it was a very interesting walk uh I think from a wildflower perspective, like I was like Mark Pybus will love the shit out of this walk. <laughs> this, this is why I
1: was late to, to you finishing the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because there was just so many wildflowers along the way, and uh, I, I did Little Mount Lindsay with my brother-in-law about a year before that, and so I knew Little Mount Lindsay was like worth covering, mm. and Mount Lindsay's fantastic. So I thought, well, look, even if it's boring between the two. It will start well and finish well yeah and the middle was pretty good too so yeah, yeah that was a really nice new walk to do which um you know a lot of the other ones were just ones that i've were favorites like you know like two people's bay and uh you know bald head tool burn up etc etc so mm.
1: yeah i'm looking forward to these series see what happens yeah i hope and
0: you know Part of what I enjoy about it as well is is their documents of Miles. Mm. And we'll see him, you know, like he's, even just in, in these, from the first one in Whistlepipe Gully to, I think, uh, Two People's Bay was shot in October or November. Mm. You can see how much he's grown in that short amount of time.
1: Yeah,
0: And uh, over the years, as I said, one of the things I can look forward to, and I say in inverted commas,
1: is getting old <laughs> and seeing myself become an old man. these. <laughs> I do find that quite funny is like, cause you change your style, like not regularly, but like it's noticeable when you do, whereas like I've had the same haircut for like, you know, (laughs) 20 years. (laughs) So like looking back on some of my blog posts where we've hiked together, it's like, oh, Donovan had the short hair and the the shorter beard and then he grew his beard out and now it's trimmed. It's (laughs) it's quite funny to see different Donovans.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think I have a general look but I play around with it a little bit more than maybe that you
1: have as you say mm-hmm. although your hair's
0: grown out a bit at the moment
1: yeah it's just um yeah I only get it cut every 2 months and it's just when it becomes a bit too unmanageable I'm like okay yep. it's time for a haircut and we
0: did have the uh the beard when you
1: during covid Yes. Yep. Which is documented. It is. I look back and I'm like, oh, because like Google will show me photos and be like, remember this when you had a beard? I was like, yes.
0: <laughs> I do think I do think you did shave off and just had the mustache.
1: And I do that any time I have like a little bit of facial growth. Yep. And like Karis is like, no, shave it off. I'm like, um, excuse me, you're telling me what I can do with my body?
0: <laughs> I do think you do look good with a mustache, but I understand that you look like your dad,
1: so. <laughs> no, I don't that I look like him, it's just that like he's had one ever since he was an adult, so it's yep. kind of weird to like emulate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so the end part of like spring and, and summer, did you get up to anything interesting leading into our finale for the year? Uh not really I, I kind of just i got
0: back home and did some editing did a few walks like just for fun you know like part of this as well uh which i, I wrote in that what i wrote about you know switching from a blog to the youtube channel is being able to just do things for pleasure mm-hmm. which is that's something that you've talked about as well you know over the years is that sometimes with the life of pi and the long ways better we've ended up doing things just out of obligation and less like just hiking and just be like, and it's never documented and no one gets to see it. Mm. So there was a lot of like walking with miles like we did um, from Michelle's cafe to Hewitt's or, you know, similar sort of things to that just for pleasure and also for miles to just get used to hiking. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I'd spent sort of the end of spring and leading into summer. How about yourself?
1: Um, just did a couple of trips for the book. So went out to Margaret River and did some influencing for some tiny cabins oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, along with that. pretty much every influencer in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so did like Rotary Park Walk and I think I redid the Chimney Trail in near Margaret River as well just for the blog. And then I kind of had this bout of getting sick and never really recovering like it wasn't COVID, but it was it ended up being like a sinusy type thing and i finally went to the doctor and he's just like yeah it's not an infection it's not COVID, but like here have this spray and it was just basically steroids and then after that i was fine but that kind of stuffed me around because i really wanted to train up and get into cycling again and build my fitness base for the south coast track um, that we had planned for the end of the year mm. So I was kind of like not really doing much, um, just kind of finishing off writing the book, and that was about it. Yeah. But that leads into our end-of-year um, kind of epic, which yeah. was really only, in the end, what, two trails and one day on the South Coast track in yeah. 2022. But that was quite a fun trip. Yeah, oh, definitely.
0: I don't know about you, but I felt that, you know, I've had so many national planned holiday trips cancel. I know that you've sort of been lucky in being able to do them, Mm. but it felt to me like a bit of a return to some sort of normality (laughs) because, you know, every year, generally speaking, Alyssa and I used to go away and do a a hike of something, and Mm. this felt like a bit of a return to
1: the old ways, in a sense. (laughs) See, to me, this was different because a lot of the trips we'd done within COVID times... Like, yes, COVID was a thing, but it wasn't, like, massive in WA. Yeah. And we still wore masks on planes and did all that. But this, it was, like, a real, like, anxiety-inducing experience because most people weren't wearing masks on the plane. I didn't want to get COVID. There was a a peak wave rushing through. I didn't want to get COVID and be on the South Coast track and not be anywhere near rescue And just feel like utter rubbish doing this amazing trail. Yeah. So I was being like super careful and like I would really only take my mask off in the airport to like eat or drink or whatever. And luckily everything worked out. But like just people being so blase about it. Yeah. It just worried me. And then when we finally got into Hobart and started wandering around and like I don't think the wave was as big in Hobart. Mm. But like still being careful in shops and cafes and everything. Yeah. Yeah it wasn't really until like we were out on the south coast track where i was like right i can like really really enjoy this yeah
0: it was nice when while we were out there to just be able to not worry about covid because it was Mm -hmm. like this island where everyone was well (laughs) but especially by like day three like if anyone's going to be sick you're going to know by then yeah and everyone was well and it's like oh we don't have to worry and that was, that was nice.
1: Cause it's even like, like it was busy while we we're out there because a few days earlier, I think some of the pilots had come down with COVID or yeah. weren't well. So they had to cancel flights and reschedule them and everything. So there's always like that risk as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I quite enjoyed it. And I gave myself a couple of days beforehand because when we went to the Northern Territory, Virgin's like, oh, hey, we're just going to cancel your flight a few hours before you meant to fly out. <laughs> yeah. Here's one two days later. So I was like, I don't want that to happen where they cancel my flight and then I miss the the flight out to Malaluca to start the South Coast track. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I had I had a buffer, not as much as you did, but I always, I always even before COVID, always have like a one-day buffer beforehand. So we had basically like two and a half days before we because it was like an afternoon flight out to Malaluca. And like I did a lot of things. So in the weeks before leaving, I was like, right it's christmas time i'm not hugging and anyone you know where uh we're gonna not i you know i had like my um i have like a monthly massage and a haircut and i had that at like the start of december Mm. so that i had enough of a of a lag between like if i did get sick still be fine Mm. uh i like chewed through heaps of my um well actually i had heaps of credit from cancel holidays so i was like business class it is mm. to avoid having to sit next to someone and just like i did so many things just to prevent it and even then like i just was so paranoid because of you know 2021 was such a painful year of having all those trips canceled that even though i thought we'd be okay i still was like paranoid that i was going to lose out mm. on this again so yeah i i'm amazed that people are so blasé but then i guess people If you're doing, like, just a holiday or you're doing a road trip and you're sick, it's not as detrimental as a hike would be.
1: Yeah. And, like, given you don't really have to quarantine anymore at all, like, you can just stay wherever you're going to stay and just be in your room there. Like, having the trip was the big thing of, like, there's no rescue, there's no cars. Like, it's a helicopter out and, like, do you really want to do that if you're just, like, feeling unwell rather than injured? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was good to get into Tassie. I did, the day you arrived in that afternoon, I did the pinnacle circuit, um, which is basically from the Springs car park up the Ice House track and then the South Wellington track to the summit, yep. which was really cool. It got nice views and then back down the zigzag track, which I was fortunate I didn't read the signs at the Springs and they were doing works. In January 2023, (laughs) I read that at the summit and panicked a little bit before actually reading through and being like, oh, good, it's still open at the moment. Um, Yeah, it's probably the best way to experience the summit as a hike. And that was a good training like hike to get me back into like, oh, yeah, we're going to actually be doing something difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the following day, you, me and Bonnie went out to do the Cape Rowell track, um, which you'd already done for the Long Ways Better blog, Mm. um, but you were like, Let's do some filming. Yeah. And
0: it I was actually, I didn't say it at the time, but I think I think you cottoned on to it that this was kind of a dry run so that you guys understood, mm. like, what was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, really good because I didn't want to be out on the South Coast track, like, having things explained and slowed up and, like, not really being able to enjoy it. Because, like, after all, I was like, right, Donovan wants to stop here for a shot. I will stop here for a shot. Yeah.
0: Like, I think you suddenly were, like... You know, you'd you'd be ahead and be like, you'd stop suddenly and it'd be like, oh, I see. Mark Mark understands that I will want this
1: shot coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the Cape Rule track, like, fantastic. Like, we got the perfect weather for it, but like, it's right up there with the other two capes in terms of experience. Mm. And there's a time when you and Bonnie stopped at towards the the end. I was like... (laughs) I can see why they've stopped. <laughs> and it became, yeah, part of me becoming the Taswegian Echidna Whisperer. Yep. I think I saw four or five wow. on that trip.
0: And you have, you have barely ever
1: see any here in Western Australia? I've seen one on the Mundabidi and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully this year I'll see a, a few more because I'm going into prime Echidna territory places. Oh, yeah? Or at least planning to. Cool and then we flew out via part avion yes to the middle of no like literally the middle of nowhere little airstrip um and then started the south coast track
0: yeah so that was the last day of 2022
1: yeah so new year's eve on a hiking trail in the middle of nowhere on a beautiful beach yeah like perfect day balmy conditions I enjoyed that. That was actually one of the best days, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it was a really, I think that campsite and its location was ideal for like that first day mm. experience of like finishing and, you know, the sun setting and it's this beautiful bay. Yeah, yeah. just lovely.
1: Yeah, we won't talk too much about it because we've got a two-part podcast <laughs> <laughs> coming <laughs> out soon. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that was 2022 in like a long nutshell. Yeah. Um, And I guess I put it out to everyone to ask questions. And we didn't get a great response. We've got a few questions that we can talk about. We've been quiet for a while.
0: So, you know, I understand.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So first one is, what trails are you looking forward to tackling in the future? Uh, So I've written out a five-year plan. (laughs) Which is actually more like a... A ten to fifteen year plan as well. Yeah,
0: but I mean that's not sort of spelt out. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to being able to do um the trips that I was doing pre COVID and I had some lined up. So definitely looking forward to doing the trips that I've got this year. So I've got planned a uh, Red Centre trip. I'm going to Pemberton in September to do a, um, you know, do like the greatest hits of the Southern forests. Mm -hmm. And then I'm hoping, I've booked it, even though the trailer hasn't finished yet, the Snowy's Alpine Walk in New South Wales. So that's what I've got planned for the year. But uh don't know if it will happen, but these have sort of been lined up based on that they're ones I can do with Alyssa and Miles, mm. and making use of that free uh, flight for a under-two-year-old. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because once they hit two, like, travel doesn't become cheap. Oh, we we will not be flying business class anymore, i tell you that, because yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying business class for a tiny person.
1: <laughs> How about um, you, Mark? Um... And I guess we'll talk about this a bit later about what does 2023 look like. But in terms of trails that I'm looking forward to in the future, I think the overland is the big one. I Mm. think I've decided um, after our South Coast trip that, yeah, Tassie is, like, amazing in summer. It's not as bad as what I thought it would would be weather and UV-wise. Yeah. Um, And also wildflower-wise. I just thought it would be dead, but there's actually quite a few Mm. that, like, flower in summer. Um, So I think... I'll get up early and when the July bookings open, and try and schedule that in for after Christmas, sort of New Year's time again. Good, yeah. And maybe see what else I can tack onto that because I still haven't done like Cradle Mountain and northern part of Tassie. Yeah. So I might might add some more to the encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Another question is: Could we have a coastal track, including the Cape to Cape, all the way to Esperance?
0: We could, but it'll be boring as batshit through some sections. And I don't see the value in making something so long just for no reason. That's my answer.
1: Yeah, much the same in, like, yes, we could have it. But there'd just be a long, like, there'd be long sections of, like, not very enjoyable, a bit more. Like, it will be enjoyable, but it'll be very samey. Yeah. So you may as well focus on the greatest hits of, like, Bremer Bay to Hopeton. Mm. as a long distance trail would be good because that would be quite short as well that you could do that in two to four days yeah um and then just kind of like focus on other smaller sections close to towns like you could probably extend the cape to cape a little bit but i think that area leading inland might not be as interesting Mm. from augusta
0: I think there's this attitude in Western Australia that the Bibbleman has sort of fostered of like, let's just extend everything and make it really long. Mm. And that's all well and good, but that's a different genre of hiking to me to like the Overland or South Coast track where that is, uh, you know, it's it's basically a curated experience. It's saying that from this point to this point, there's excellent scenery Mm. and you're going to walk from there to there. Or... You know, or it's a circuit, like, uh, you know, Walls of Jerusalem or like stuff stuff that they have in. Um, you're not going to be able to find in most places two to three weeks of outstanding scenery every day. Mm. There's bits of the bib that are okay. And they're, they're just expedient because they link up places. And that's okay for the bib because I feel like that's a, like a long trail experience. And people understand that you're going to have boring days in a long trail. mm but when you look at something like where Western Australia is lacking is we don't have, we have the Cape to Cape as a multi-day iconic walk and that's it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, we do lack that like overnight to four, five, six, seven night yes. trails that can complement the long distance trail. Cause you think trying to have like a, a travel business or a, a transport business, it's not enough just to have the bib there you probably need more trails around certain like population hubs to make that economically viable and to also kind of create that kind of like trail vibe and environment within a town yeah absolutely so i think probably albany is a good one where you can have a few more go off in the area but not necessarily have it as a really long linking trail yeah agree
0: i feel and i feel as well there's a nice sort of integrity to the bib being like perth to albany Mm -hmm. and the cape to cape being from a cape to another cape and if you start extending things you dilute the experience
1: yeah that's what i find with the three long trails in um the u.s is like if you're gonna do them you're not just gonna be like i'll just do this thousand k part like there's that (laughs) thing of like you want to do it end to end yeah and like It'd be nice to do one day, but it it doesn't really appeal to me to do three and a half thousand k's or whatever some of them are.
0: Yeah, like I mean, on the uh, on the South Coast track, we met some New Zealanders, and they were saying, you know, they would not do the Te Araroa; they would rather spend like mm. the time doing all the individual trails in New Zealand that are actually excellent, rather than you know, there's bits where you walk along a road for days. That's not fun to me. That doesn't sound like something
1: I want to do. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, next one is the potential impacts on mining on the Mundabidi and Bibbulmun. What are your thoughts? It's already an impact, you know, like... What... Well, yeah, it's just, it's just going to get worse, that's the thing.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is the thing that we've talked about in the Mundabidi uh, episodes is, you know, particularly that dwelling up to Collie section where they've just blatantly just ripped up the forest mm. and they don't care that it's obvious to people. You know, like I, if I were doing something like this, I would do it quietly so that no one sees and no one cares. Yeah. But it's so blatant uh, and they don't really care to go, oh, well, we'll we'll reroute the Mundabidi, say, first. It's like, no, we'll make it a terrible experience where you go through a mine site and then maybe someone else will reroute it.
1: Mm. So. I think that's actually working to the disadvantage now in that like a lot of hikers yeah. on top of Mount Vincent or Mount Cook are like, what's that orange stuff over there? And then they realize, oh, that's bauxite mining and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's actually been a real push I've noticed in the last few weeks, like very anti-Alcoa in the Perth Reddit sub. I was like good yeah. and there's like a few like trolls in there being like or oh, do you use stuff then you can't be against <laughs> <laughs> that anything. <old> <laughs> yeah. Um but there seems to be a real sentiment about like hands off our forests because mm. people are realizing like there's such a massive impact and like the articles that have come out recently about them poisoning the water and mining so close to dams. Like, that should be the main driver to get them out. Not necessarily, like, it's bad that they impact the trails. But again, they shouldn't be there to start with.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think that the tide is sort of turning against them. What I find funny, though, was that um, they oppose Rio Tinto's (laughs) mining exploration in the area.
1: that's meant to be our land from an agreement from the 1960s. Like, hands off. (laughs) Yeah. There. I mean, mining, yes, it is necessary, but, like, aluminium's one of those things that's infinitely recyclable. Mm. So why not put all your effort into recycling the aluminium rather than ripping down the forest, digging it out, transporting it, and then processing it? Yeah, and I I guess if this was the
0: only impact on the
1: forest, it would be
0: maybe less dire, but the situation has been that they've already logged so much of the forest, so the forest is... You know, they're looking at Forrester has recovered from the logging, and then they're like, Guess what? You're gone. 100 year old trees. Mm. So we're just stuck with the same, you know, scrappy. And you. I mean, I think you had that, um, you know, you put that video together, and you, you see like the row of trees in the scrappy regrowth. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not the same.
1: And like, what wasn't shown in the video is we went to another rehabilitation site, and it was just matchsticks everywhere with this, like, Two to three meter high undergrowth it's like that's like you know flammable material waiting to go up, yeah, and it's just it's not what's meant to be there, and their rehabilitation is like they call it world class, but it is like dismal yeah so that's the issue like it's not like logging where it will eventually over a hundred years or so regenerate. This is you're ripping everything out and trying to pl- replant it after taking the layer that they really enjoy. the trees really enjoy
0: and also you know that that forest that recovers because they can't guarantee that it won't cave in from the mining Mm. so the the areas just become unusable for anything in the future yeah
1: um so if you're interested yeah follow the wa forest alliance because they'll be big on trying to oppose the epa um, approvals of all the mines expansions into Mm. the northern jarrah forest uh, next question is, where would you like to see a new trail developed in WA?
0: I've said this many, 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 many times. Pilbara. We've got to leverage the great scenery that is iconic to our state. When I talk to people who are like grey nomads or have been around Australia, they always say how beautiful Western Australia is. Hmm. But yet, as I said earlier, the Cape to Cape is our only like, iconic level multi-day trail that's not you know that's not like the bib which is a thousand k's mm. where's that week-long experience up there like you can't tell me in all of that there's not
1: three or four days of worthy scenery you just can't mm. how about you uh well given you've already mentioned the Pilbara, i won't say that but there's whenever i look at the map of the southwest there is a massive chunk of forest and national park between like Margaret river Nanup, Pemberton, Augusta. Yeah. And there's no trails in there whatsoever. So I think like, like I know it's like not really near anything, but if you could have a multi-day, like a week-long loop through that area, explore some of the rivers, some of the forests, like I bet that's probably where all the good old growth is. Yeah. That would be amazing. The only thing I would say against that is some of it's probably pristine and maybe shouldn't be yeah put have a trail through there but then driving through that area like they just put pine plantations on the edge of the roads and like it doesn't seem like it's like most of its great national park Mm. like it's that probably that it's been logged 50 years ago and they're just waiting to log it again not that they can anymore
0: yeah feels definitely feels like the walpole wilderness has a lot of opportunities but there's, I don't know, there's a very different attitude here. So, like, there's wilderness in New South Wales and Victoria, that sort of alpine wilderness, mm. and yet the AAWT goes through it, and there's no facilities, because the understanding is that it's a wilderness and it goes against the the principles of it being a wilderness. But there's still a trail that's allowed to be there. Whereas in Western Australia, I feel we go, oh, it's like a very... Um, you know, like, risk-averse approach where they go, oh, we can't have anything there. So, you know, like, it ends up being that...
1: Yeah, yes and no. Like, they're like, we can't have anything there, but we're just going to maintain all these forestry roads through there. So it's like, is it wilderness if there's roads everywhere? I understand they need that for firefighting reasons, but a lot of the time you just end up with idiots in their full drives being like, there's a road, I'm going to drive on it. Yeah. And it gets ruined anyway.
0: I feel though in western australia we need to get over the we must have a hut and toilet facilities like Mm. it must be like a world-class facilities trail like you know some sometimes in in other states where like in a wilderness maybe having a toilet and you know you know me i'm a very much i like to do trails that have toilets (laughs) but sometimes that if that's not okay for the trail, for the type of trail it is, in other states it just happens, Mm. you know, and it's still accepted as like that's a trail experience, whereas here we've got an attitude that we must build this like extreme infrastructure at the campsite
1: They've kind of done that with the Wilman yeah. like there's a shelter there but it's not one that you sleep in Yeah, but
0: still all the focus on their marketing for that is on the construction, Mm. it's like the bridge it's the fact that the campsites are still like very built up campsites. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, like I, I think we can get away with that and have different types of experiences uh, that will, you know, and, and we do have some of that, like uh, Stilling Ridge Walk is like that, hmm. Kalbarri, uh the Fingers in Pernalulu. Yeah. But down south, there's not really that. And I feel like we could have that.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, this is probably one for you will dbca slash the mundabiti foundation install solar panels and batteries in the future for (laughs) e-bikes
0: i feel like based on the fact that people set fire to toilets or rip out water tanks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it'll be crazy to do it because it will just get stolen and it's i think
1: it's a case of
0: we can't have nice things because people are awful
1: Yeah, in WA, that's probably one thing you can count on is bogans breaking into stuff and stealing it. Um, But in terms if you ignore that, I think in practical terms, we're probably maybe 10 years off. I think battery technology needs to improve where it's not lithium-ion focused. It's like less... I watch a lot of videos on battery technology and there's some that are coming in that just use like everyday materials Mm. and are more suited for like stationary battery requirements where you don't need it to be light or you know have all these other things you would need for an ev or a phone or whatever so i think if you can get the technology there it's probably a good idea and also if it's low cost as well Mm. and then you can probably charge your phone and do a whole lot of other things like people whinge but like I don't mind having a bit of technology out there if it's just to charge stuff. Yeah. You're not going to be running TVs and stereos and everything else that will take away from the natural experience. Yeah.
0: And I, I don't think, as you said, you know, we're, we're a long ways off, I think, electric bikes being so mainstream that, you know, there's so many people who would actually benefit from that.
1: And you'd probably only have it realistically in, like, two or three huts, Mm. where the distance between towns means it's impractical to ride that in one day or two days yeah and i'll say i have
0: two spare batteries and there's probably no section of the mundabidi that i couldn't do town to town Mm -hmm. so you know i'll say that that's not it's not that big a deal
1: yeah um one question we had was what podcasts inspire you so I guess this is probably maybe like adventure style podcasts, um, but you can extrapolate that out how you will. Maybe for you, YouTube channels?
0: Yeah, I'd say probably more YouTube channels. So there's a guy, Aaron Gray in Queensland, who's made some really good videos. Josh Carr, of course, who we've had on, mm. who doesn't seem to be doing anything anymore, but did some you know really fantastic videos mm. uh there's like chris and dania who do they, they're in new zealand now but they did some stuff in perth and they seem to be doing you know a lot of stuff and I, I like their approach and of course great walks of the world you know they seem to have not done anything at the moment but i really hope they'll come back because their bibbleman series is i think the gold standard of uh you know that kind of thing mm.
1: Yeah, same for me. I think every time I watch a Great Walks of the World bib video, I'm just like, I want to go out there and be on the bib right now. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, and because I don't like a lot of my podcasts I listen to are like sports focused or music focused. Yeah. So I don't really listen to a lot of hiking ones. Um, yeah, occasionally I'll come across like a random, like topical wa like with uh, like a scientist or a biologist or something that i find quite interesting but having like predominantly wa based podcasts doesn't really exist mm. um so yeah mainly youtube as well i like watching gcn which is the global cycling network yeah. so whenever i watch their videos on like bike packing or road cycling i'm like i immediately want to go for a ride the next day <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i particularly watched a lot of them leading up to buying an electric bike mm.
0: and it was just like oh i was so excited <laughs>
1: yeah. um how can hikers help advocate for the development of trails in wa so this one I think is probably coming down to a lot of frustration that nothing seems to be happening in the trail space in WA. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to no one is really championing like money for trails and the way DBCA is set up is trails almost seems like a bit of an annoyance to them.
0: Yeah. And I feel as well there's a very, you know, we talked I said this about the Wilman Billia, the focus is on the construction. Like everything that that seems to be the focus of DBCA. Like, even you know, with Kalbarri, it's all about the Skywalk. It's about the look at this feat of engineering that we've created. That seems to be the attitude. Mm. Whereas, look
1: at the South Coast Track. They didn't go like, look at this bridge that we made. You know. Like, Although they recently put in a bridge that was quite impressive, and I was like, look at that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't.
0: But you know, that was, wouldn't be. The promo material for the trail, right? The promo material would be like a would be a shot of a beach or Mm. the the iron bounds. Same with Cradle Mountain. The focus is on the natural features, and yet we have this attitude here that seems to be a focus on the engineering. And granted, the bridges, you know, some of the suspension bridges are pretty cool, but that's not that shouldn't be the focus, right? Mm.
1: I also think like there's this yeah no drivers or well. like i've mentioned on this pod before i was part of a, a committee or a working group to try and improve trails in purse on the back of the hiking strategy mm. and that stopped immediately after like two or three meetings because mm. in the last meeting everyone's just like well here's point number one of trail Perth or purse trail development where's the money if we're not talking about that then why are we here and then after that was kind of like well there's no money so <laughs> yeah. what's the point of the group and nothing's really changed in 18 months from that like and it's a bit sad because if like how long did bald head take like six seven months yeah and that was just an upgrade of a trail and that's like the main like wow look what we've done in WA yeah even the Wilman Billiards is like we've built it but we're kind of unsure about how it finishes and the experience walking back into Collie I don't think is ideal Mm-hmm There's just not a lot of hope on the horizon. And I guess conversely,
0: I see in New South Wales that they're planning to have a suite of 13 great walks, not including, you know, that doesn't include things like the six-foot track and some other trails that exist. This is just like, you know, what they're trying to sell is like an iconic experience, and some of these already exist, but a lot of these they're making from scratch now. And I look at that, and I I know New South Wales has the money, They've got the population base, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we have one icon trail here, Mm. you know, And, and surely we can afford one more, you know, like.
1: Yeah, I mean, to circle back to the question, I think what you can do is probably email your elected officials to be like, I use trails, there's not enough of them, I want to see more. But I think systemically it's DBCA and Sport and Rec don't prioritize trails and trail spending Mm. i think that's where the big issue is and from what i've heard within dbca is like a lot of the science based like people within dbca were pushed out for these bureaucratic like career people right who don't really care about like the ideals of it Mm. um and just recently i think kirsten's left dbca or the trails department at least so There's going to be some new people in which hopefully shake things up. But again, like if they've got not in, if they don't have any money to work with, they can't really do anything. Yeah.
0: And I think I'll say one thing that you, that people can do, be dissatisfied. I see a lot of people who are always like, we're so lucky to, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, we're not lucky. We should have more, mm. you know, be dissatisfied and be all right with that. Because I think sometimes I've seen people say, oh, if you're not satisfied, you shouldn't say anything. No, you should be dissatisfied.
1: Also, like a lot of people on like the Facebook groups and everything are like, I've done this, this, and this. Can people recommend more hikes? And a lot of the time it's like, mm, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, last question is, does Kosciuszko National Park and the other 16 peaks interest you for future trips?
0: Kosciuszko definitely does, but not necessarily that, because that's, that's just peak bagging to me. You know, like, so what? You know, I've I climbed up to a, a certain ASL. Mm. Big deal, you know? it's But Kosciuszko is beautiful. Uh, I did do the main range track there a few years ago, and I hope to do the um, Snowy's Alpine walk while I'm there. So, yeah. How about you?
1: Uh, I wrote this in my last, um, like, Reflections post, is, like, doing Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland is, like, I've put it off and I don't want to think about it because it's just, there's so much to do. Yeah. And I need to spend, like, to do it to the level I would want to, like, (laughs) encyclopedia-wise, I would need to take, like, a month just to try and get, like, a good base of hikes within the whole state as, like, because I just don't want to put a page up with, like, here's, I spent a week in Kosciuszko National Park and that's it. Just kind of what I did early on with, like, the Northern Territory and i have done it with Victoria is I don't have a lot there, but they're there, and I was like, I just want to go all in, and I don't think I have the time yeah. to do it. Yeah.
0: I guess, I mean, I guess for the approach that you're going for, which is, you know, more of a, as you say, an encyclopedia and a lot more, I guess, focus on, on day walks in an area than necessarily one multi-day, hmm. that I can see how that would be a challenge in terms of of that approach
1: and just taking it away from like doing it for the website i think if i was to prioritize anything else within like new south wales like act that area i'd probably go like blue mountains and maybe focus on a lot of the other national parks first before i got to Kosciuszko yeah um but yeah that's just personal preference
0: even i'll say trying to book this trip because Kosciuszko is so geared up for the snow it's really difficult to find information because it's. I think it's only really been in the last few years where they've built all these mountain bike trails and stuff. Mm. And you know, Snowy's Alpine Walk is still not open, so it's it's kind of a bit annoying in that there's probably other regions that are easier to book trips for than Kosciuszko.
1: Yeah. Mm. All right, that's it for the questions. So we'll get on to the family favourites that we usually do each year. So favourite trail for the year. South Coast Track. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, oh, I'm really going to have to think about this one. Look, I won't have the same South Coast Trail experience, even though day one was fantastic. I'll actually probably go the Mealup Trail. Okay. So I did that as, as part of the book tour, and just because it was peak season, there was wildflowers everywhere. Um, I got to see a few whales from a distance. Um, I think I saw like four different types of spider orchids mm-hmm. and just like walking around there's like granite boulders everywhere. There's beaches, birds, like it's just a stunning trail and I'm happy that I left it for peak season as well. Yeah. So that's probably a favorite trail of the year. Awesome. Uh, favorite hour on any trail. Sunset <laughs> at Point Eric. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I won't, I actually, I might say the same thing is not point Eric, but walking along the boardwalks and the, the start of the South coast track, it was that thing. And I think I turned to Bonnie. I'm just like, I'm such a WA basic bitch in that, like seeing mountains in the distance (laughs) is like, Oh my God. Like I'm so excited. Yeah. But just that, that walk from Malaluca to the coast it's like stunning mountain ranges, open plains. We had perfect weather. There was a nice breeze. Mm. And it was just that kind of like, we're here and we're doing the South Coast track. Yeah. Like it was just a, such a cool moment. Um, yeah. I think that's probably my favorite hour. Nice. And then lastly, plans for 2023. Well, I've kind of already said my plans. So I'm
0: doing one of the things i'm doing with the youtube channel is so that i don't just kill myself over like trying to get things out so quickly is that things won't be released until the next year so i'm basically shooting the 2024 series this year so i've got uh yes i mentioned uh red center trip a pemberton trip well southern forest And then the Kosciuszko trip at the end of the year. And that will be the seasons for 2024. And then, you know, doing the final touches of getting the 2023 episodes up will be, that'll be my year. Mm -hmm. I can't really do too much because of Miles and Alyssa, Uh, but there'll also be, you know, a lot of just like doing walks for pleasure and getting Miles in the backpack in March, he can sit in a rear um, bicycle seat. Yeah.
1: So that will be something You're not that we have can. have him at the front? Uh, I or think do they have to be able to grab onto handlebars, don't they? The rear
0: seat can last for a longer period of time. So that's the reason why the rationale is that the rear seat might be a better one. Although mm. he would look like a little Grogu sitting with Mando in the front <laughs> if we did that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think we'll go for the rear seat So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back onto riding And uh, doing that Which I plan on doing a bike ride series But that will be for like two years from now So it will just be for fun Yeah. yeah.
1: How about you? Um, so 2023 is looking quite busy um, I've got a trip in a couple of weeks to Pemberton So I'm going to finish off a few walks there um, That I haven't done And spend some time with Karis um and then we're going down to prevoli for another trip to watch the surfing so i might do a bit of cycling or hiking there and then june we're planning to go back to x mouse to do the whale shark tour that we um didn't see a whale shark on last time yep i probably check out coral bay as well and do lots of snorkeling yeah nice july we're headed to port douglas for our escape the winter family trip so i've already got Lined up quite a few hikes. So you will (laughs) finally add some Queensland to the... Some Queensland's coming to the blog. Yeah, Um, yeah, there's a fair bit to do out there, so I'm excited. And then I'll do a September-October massive road trip because I'll be writing a second book on walks of the South Coast. So I'm combining, like, Walpole to Esperance, basically. Yeah, cool. So there's a lot there that I need to do. Um, just personally that I've wanted to do, like the Grand Coastal Trail, Peak yeah. Charles, um, the Nuitz Wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, yeah, box ticking, well, not really box ticking, but like places that I've wanted to visit for a while. And also it has a purpose for the book as well. Um, so I'll also need to revisit quite a lot of trails. I haven't walked in a while. Yeah. And then later on in the year, hoping to get to the overland. Um, if not, I might... Do maybe Frenchmans um, and walls as well instead. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be. I mean, that's the worthy trade-off for the Overland. Yeah, but priority will be yeah getting up in July and booking the overland. Yep.
0: I hope you do, since we are talking about a winter trip in a few years' time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice to get it a normal one under my belt. Yep. So I can be like, oh yeah, here's where like what's meant to be here under <laughs> eight foot of snow.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, yeah. I mean, we're back. Good yeah. episode. I think a lot of people would rather be happy to listen to our voices. Yeah. Again.
0: A few people mentioned that they'd missed hearing us. So, mm. yeah, we're back. And hopefully we'll have, you know, we'll have, we'll have definitely have the South Coast track episodes and then hopefully a few more
1: of yeah. the year. I was musing on this the other day, but like. A lot of like every celebrity and his dog started a podcast in COVID. Yep. And we kind of declined making our podcast during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's nice to be back. I know the heartbreak of a podcast ending abruptly and you're not getting any, any more episodes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep.
0: Thank you everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Real Trail Talk, then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help us to reach an audience, especially those who are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or contact us through our social media channels. Thanks again and stay tuned for our next episode.